That's uh, just a couple of events uh, that have happened because of the leadership of Pastor Jimmy Bryant. We uh, also appreciate the Powells. They are uh, heavily involved, and we appreciate um, everyone. If I start naming names, I'm going to leave somebody out, but uh, we just thank everybody for uh, participating. And I know a lot of you saw yourself there. The first event that you saw was Wild Game Night here at the church, and uh, and then the last one, of course, was the soup kitchen where we serve and, and are going to increase that this coming year. And uh, there are a lot of things that I would love to be able to say to you today. I'd love to have every staff member come up and say something to you, but we don't have time uh, for all that today. Today is a vision casting day for us here at Whitley Church, and I want you to just kind of know where our church is going in this new year and some things that are going on uh, in our church, maybe behind the scenes. Let's talk first of all today, and I'm going to preach a little bit while I'm casting vision. Is that okay? Uh, Y'all know I can't help but preach a little bit, no matter what I'm doing, but um, Miss Millie's a good preacher too. But anyway, um, we're going to talk about improving our effectiveness improving our effectiveness as a church. Now, one little thing we've done, and it's really a little thing, it's not big, but I think it's going to really help us, is changing the time of our second service. And I want to thank all of you for being here in the early service. Your being here in the 9 o'clock service is a great help to us because it <laughs> Excuse me. It opens up seats in the second service. The second service on Sunday morning is our biggest service. And of course, we've uh, told you before that uh, we've even had to turn people away from that service. So we've asked you to please go to the bridge as much as you can or come to the early service here at Whitley and leave those seats available as much as possible in the second service. So I want you this morning, who are here at the 9 o'clock, to give yourself a hand because you've opened up chairs for the second service. Now, all those who come to the second service, I'm going to really make them feel guilty. So thank you all for being here this morning. Uh, in the early service. It really, really, guys, is a great help to us. But the second service, beginning today, will begin at 11 o'clock. Now, what that's going to do is give us more time to pray with people after the service around the altar. We believe that's very important. Listen, we're an altar church. We're an altar church. And one of the things that has really troubled me as our church has grown is that that, kind, that time has kind of been squeezed out. And we want to open that back up and so we want you to know, after any service in this church, whether you're here or at another location, this altar is open. And there will be people here to pray for you and to minister to you. And um, that counts for this morning. And uh, from now on, there will be more time for that to happen. It's also going to allow you to get out of the parking lot before they all get here to be in the parking lot. And the reason that we've had that conflict is because the praise team just sings too long. <laughs> I've talked to them. I've done the best I can do. Uh, you know, I've kept my sermons really short, but they uh, have drugged out the music. So anyway, I'm just kidding. That's a joke. Everybody knows I'm Pharaoh. Don't know when to let God's people go, all that stuff. But um, God is doing things in our church. I've got to tell you something. The challenges we're having are because God's blessing us so much. I'm telling you, we're not having problems because 
we're struggling, we're having these challenges because God is just blessing, blessing, blessing us. And um, I'm like Pastor Jeremy, I'll take those challenges any day. We're going to see a video by him a little bit later in the service, but I'll take those uh, challenges any day. Uh, let me uh, show you our new building plans, and you're going to get a copy of these as you're leaving today. But uh, guys, if you'll put that picture up of the, uh, of the new, now this right here, is that not cool? Isn't that cool? Um, that right there, and also over here, is um, our present building. Now you remember a few weeks ago, we talked about how we were going to renovate that building and enlarge that building. Well, we looked at the cost of that as opposed to the cost of building a whole new sanctuary behind this building, and the cost was not that much different at all. And so what we've decided to do right now, unless God leads differently, is we are going to build a new sanctuary behind this building. You say, where are we going to park? Well, we're going to park in Princeton and drive buses in. <laughs> Don't laugh. No. Um, I'll show you in just a minute where we're going to park. Um, now, that sanctuary right there, uh, Pastor, uh, our, our administrative uh, pastor, uh, Jim Gilligan, and he is a pastor because he does so much pastoral work. He could talk a lot more about this, but we just really don't have time to do it this morning. We'll be talking more about that later. Look at that new foyer right there. A lot of coffee can be drunk right there in that area. And, um, so, but guys, this drawing, as you look at it, you're going to take it home with you today. You're going to say, well, where? I don't see this. I don't see that. Well, this is an initial drawing. We, we can make changes, and we want to hear your thoughts on that. Um, so, so this building is going to seat about 1,200. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that wonderful? Now, this building, the one you're in now, seats about 650. And that one's going to seat almost twice as many. And uh, we'll still have the two services, though. We'll still have the two services uh, because uh, even with 1,200 uh, seats, if everybody comes, we won't have room for everybody. Isn't that a wonderful problem? So we're going to keep on having two services, and God's going to bless us. But you're going to see a lot more um, uh, room to do community and fellowship and all of that. This building, we pretty much have to get on out of here because we got other people who are coming. When we get this building, that will not be the situation. Now, I'm going to tell you how much this building, about how much this building is going to cost. Y'all sitting down? Everybody sitting down? We built this building right here in 1995 for about $900,000 the one you're in. This building is about $2.83 million. That's what I said. That's exactly what I said. And, uh, and you got, I know when you hear that, you're like, holy cow, who, who's going to pay for this? Uh, this church is. Um, guys, God is just blessing. God is just pouring out on us. The reason I showed you the outreach videos is because that's why he's blessing us. He isn't blessing us because we gather here in our suits and ties and, uh, and we sing and we uh, have the sanctuary and we do the videos and the cool stuff. That isn't why he's blessing us. That, that's a partial uh, part of it uh, because I think that is obedience and what we're doing here this morning is obedience. But let me tell you something. When you're out there putting coats on cold people, 
That's where God looks at that and goes, I'm going to bless that right there because that's what I'm about. And so I have no, I'm telling you right now, I have no worries about how this is going to get taken care of. Really, none. When we built that building right there, $900,000 was way bigger to us then than $2.8 million is us, to us now. Okay? So what we're going to be doing is we'll be talking about a, a uh, stewardship campaign, a financial stewardship campaign. We're going to be challenging our church to give above their tithe over a three-year period. We're going to ask you to make pledges about that. We're not going to talk to, about that this morning. Uh, we'll talk about that, <coughs> excuse me, later. But um, let me tell you, let me, let me just use this as an example. Last year and years before, we have presented something called Offering Fit for a King. Uh, last year, we prayed as a staff, prayed, 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 and said, God, help us reach our goal of $100,000. We just prayed for $100,000 in this big offering. You guys gave over $150,000. Now, folks, every time, I've been here since 1990, every single time we have felt led by God to lay out a challenge for this church, this church has risen up and met it. Every time. We have never failed in my 20 years, and there is no doubt in my mind that we will not fail uh, to uh, provide this building and um, get you and this congregation to a place where we can grow, where we can reach more people for Jesus. And the congregation said, amen, amen. amen. Um, Pastor Jeremy's here today. Pastor Jeremy, will you stand up? Guys, can you put a little bit more light on uh, the front up here and let them see Pastor Jeremy right there? If you'll turn around and wave. Walk up here. Walk up here, Pastor, because they can't see you. It's too dark. This is Pastor Jeremy right here. I'm sure you, some of you have met him. He is our campus pastor at the bridge in Goldsboro. And let me tell you something. This guy miraculously came to our church. We had a, I had a conversation with him one night in the altar at the bridge with tears in his eyes saying, I'm at a place in my life where I really don't know what God is doing. And uh, he said, I just need you to pray for me. I didn't even know his name. I didn't know who he was. I prayed with him and we started talking. And there's no doubt in my mind that God sent him to Goldsboro, North Carolina to be the campus pastor of the bridge. I want you to let him know how much you love him this morning. <clears throat> now we're going to watch a video by Pastor Jeremy. Uh, this morning, and he's going to talk about the bridge and his passion for the, for the ministry at the bridge. And uh, we showed this, of course, at the bridge this past two, uh, Thursday night and Saturday night as he cast vision to that congregation. Uh, so he's, I, want you to, I want you to hear what he said to them because they are us and we are them. Amen? We're one church with three locations, one church. And uh, uh, he, and, he and Mitch came to me and they said, we're going to make a video and uh, it's going to kind of be different, and I didn't know exactly what they meant, and you're going to see how this is very different, because what you're about to see is the city of Goldsboro. So watch this. Hey Bridge family, this is Pastor Jeremy. It's hard to believe I've been the campus pastor of Bridge Goldsboro campus for eight months now. And I just wanna thank you 
so much for making my family and I feel so welcomed and at home. You know, people want to belong. And as I talk to first-time guests and people that keep on coming back, they feel like they're loved and accepted. And I pray that that never changes. 2010 was an amazing year. You know, I think of all the people that came to Christ, that were baptized, uh, lives and marriages were restored, the Bridge Goldsboro campus celebrated its third anniversary, and that same week, we started our third campus, Bridge Smithfield. You know, I think about all of our outreach events that we did this past year, and we went to Seymour Johnson Air Force Base and had over a thousand people that came to that. We also had, did an event with the American Red Cross and Berkeley Mall, we partnered with them. We had so many people show up that we ran out of blood bags. You know, we have some amazing ministry leaders. Our volunteer base is stronger than ever before. I look at our facilities and, and how they're expanding and uh, just looking great and meeting the needs of people. And then I think of 2011 and how God wants to impact Goldsboro and the surrounding area. But I think we have to be careful. We can't be complacent. We can't live off the success of 2010 in 2011. And it's not about how were you Jesus, but how are you being Jesus today? You know, they say to reach people that you've never reached before, you gotta do things that you've never done before. And we're doing that and we're not compromising the gospel. And we're not afraid to talk about issues that are relevant to our culture. One pastor said, until we are willing to embrace the uncomfortable, we will never experience the supernatural. So how does God want to make you uncomfortable in 2011? You know, it's uncomfortable to share about Jesus. It's uncomfortable to invite people to come. But the more you do those things, the more comfortable it does become. You know, it's uncomfortable to rearrange your schedule so your family can be involved in a connect group. But we're growing so fast that if we don't have more families get involved in our connect groups, we're not gonna be able to meet the needs of our people and meet the needs of this community. In small groups, you get to use your spiritual gifts. You get to encourage one another. You get to do life together and, and impact your neighborhoods. You know, maybe God's calling some of you to, to lead these groups and to pour into other people. We wanna make sure that our youth are getting plugged in. That our, that our parents are being equipped, that we continue to love and partner with this community and with other churches, that our military families continue to feel loved and know that our church is there for them. Our call to arms ministry is doing an incredible job of, of ministering to our military. We're simplifying as a church. We're not trying to do everything. We're trying to do a few things with excellence. You know, we're a grown church, and that brings challenges. And I'll take those challenges any day. But if we continue to be obedient, and we keep the vision of helping people discover Christ, accept Christ, and grow in Christ, God's going to honor and bless that. So we need to get on our knees like never before and ask the Holy Spirit to reign in our lives. You know, for such a time as this, you and I get to be a part of a life-giving church that makes an eternal difference. What matters to God? 
What gets God excited? You know, what matters to God should be what matters to us. And what gets God excited should be what gets us excited. And God gets excited to see life transformed. Ask the question, am I giving my whole life to Christ and his church? Am I a spectator or am I committed? There's too much on the line. Lives are at stake, souls are at stake. I want to be a part of a church that's a great commission church, not a comfortable church. Give it up for the bridge in Goldsboro. Thank you, Pastor. Good job, good job. So um, when you can, go out and visit us at the bridge in Goldsboro. We'd love to have you. We had some first-time uh, folks there last uh, night who normally attend here. You're going to get the same sermon, same music, same kids' ministry, and same what? Coffee, exactly. So come on out to the bridge and uh, worship with us. Pastor Jared is here this morning. A lot of changes are happening with our students. I'm going to ask him if he will to come up and uh, share with us some of the things that are going on with our students. Let's give it up for Pastor Jared. Good morning. How are you guys doing? Pastor Farrell's already said that, but I like to do it because it makes me feel like I'm just, you know, getting a first chance to talk to you. So let's, let's try that again. Good morning. Very nice. Well, I'm Pastor Jared. I'm the student ministries pastor here at Whitley Church in the Bridge, and it's just a privilege to be um, here this morning talking about the vision, talking about our future with the church and just all the things that are going on. And we have some really big, huge changes that are coming um, in January. As a matter of fact, it's going to be starting this Wednesday night that I just want to share with you to tell you about. Uh, it probably affects um, some of your kids, some people that you know, and I just want you to know so you can tell them and tell them what's going on. But um, October, a year ago from this past October, we launched this new thing where we were doing student ministry on Sunday night, and we wanted to um, do that to give kids more time for fellowship and community, just like you guys love to have, and um, you like to come early and talk with your friends and hang out and, and do all that. So we found that when we were doing our past Wednesday night services that our kids were not able to do this because a lot of them were getting here, I'm just going to be real, because y'all were dropping them off late, and uh, so they won't get in here at 7 o'clock. And uh, so, so when they come in at 7.05 or 7.10 sometimes, they would uh, come in and service was already started. They'd come in, grab a seat, service was over, and y'all were ready to go, though. 
Y'all wanted to drop them off late, and then you were ready to come pick them up on time. No, I'm just messing with you guys. But it was the truth for a lot of people. So what we found is we, they were able to build relationships, a community with each other. So we said, all right, we need longer services. The only way we can do that is let's try Sunday nights. So we took away Wednesday nights. We did Sunday nights. We started doing small groups on Wednesday nights and that sort of thing. Well, now what we found is... We've just grown so much, and I know many of you, you do outreach ministry, and you serve at the bridge, and you come here, and you usher. You, some of you play on multiple worship teams, and you have kids in student ministries, and it's just really tough because as we've grown, the demand um, for our need for you to volunteer has grown, and it's caused a, a little bit of a strain in um, just, I guess, family, and what we want to do starting in January is to give you a night back, and the way we're doing that and planning on doing that is to give Sunday nights back as a family for those in student ministry, and allow from this, starting this coming Wednesday, our main service, and we've changed the name, it's called Main Event Now, it's our our student ministry service, it's going to be games, it's going to be worship, it's going to be drama and skits, and we've got all kinds of things planned, and the message, and it's going to start at 645 on Wednesday nights, so that's going to challenge you guys to get your kids here on time at 6.45 so that they can come and hang out and interact. Now, the first 15 minutes of, of our um, service is going to be that time for interaction, fellowship, and games, and that sort of thing. So at 7 o'clock, if you you know don't get to make it at 6.45, you won't miss the meat of the service and the worship and that sort of thing. But we met as a leadership team um, this past September, and we just started talking about all the changes that were going to be taking place here. And uh, I just wanted to, to read you our, our mission statement, our vision um, for Encounter Student Ministries, and it's to reach non-believing students, connect them with other Christians, help them to grow and defend their faith, discover the ministry, and honor God with their lives. And that's what we want to be about. We want, we want kids to connect with other kids. We want them to grow and be discipled. We want them to, to reach other kids in their schools. And there's a lot of ways that we're doing that, and some really awesome things are taking place in Wayne County. I don't know if you've been hearing the buzz, but I believe every school in Wayne County now has an FCA, Fellowship of Christian Athletes. And a great friend of mine, his name's Will Collins, and, and Josh Overton, who is our middle school pastor in 412, they've partnered together, and, and now we have every school, I believe, in Wayne County has an FCA club, and it's just it's growing, it's exploding. They had this thing called Fields of Faith. A ton of kids were there. And then last night before last, we had a New Year's service, and this is just so awesome because, you know, it's so funny um, I hear from other guys about how some other church or some other youth pastor doesn't like me or has said something about me, and then it gets back to somebody else that I've said something about them, and we get together, and we're like best friends. And when we talk, us two guys, it, I mean, we, we couldn't be better. And so we got to, a couple of us, um, we do a Bible study every Thursday, youth pastors in the area, and we started talking about this three months ago. You know, what would it be like for us to unite the church body, to unite the student ministry in Wayne County, to partner together for one purpose? Who cares about denomination? Who cares about the way you pray or take up communion? Who cares about all those things, whether you have to, you know, recite the creed and, you know, all that? Let's just come together for one thing, and that's just to lift up the name of Jesus and tell them to invite their friends, save, non-save, once save, whatever you want to call it. And so, Got saved every year at youth camp, you know what I'm saying? But so this past um, week, we had a lock-in at the YMCA. Now, this is just signed in. This is just people who actually signed in, not even counting those that didn't. 337 students come together. 31 churches came. 
And we, we met from 7 p.m. until 1 a.m., and we blew the doors off the YMCA to the point where the two guys afterwards said, whatever you have to do, whatever we have to do as workers here at the YMCA, we want to, we're going to, he said, Monday morning, I'm going in my office and telling them we have to do this every year. And these are guys that are working there. We have to do this because this is what kids need these days. And we, man, you should have seen it. Kids just worshiping at the altar. I mean, hands raised, kids on their face. I think 12 kids got saved first time. And just, we all came together. And, and it was amazing to see what God is doing. And that's what we want to be about. We want to be about reaching kids. We want to be about baptism. We almost baptized 20 kids this past September at our beach invasion trip. And we've seen numerous kids get saved. And we want to empower our kids to have the tools that they need and, and be equipped to defend their faith and to, to reach their, their friends. We just went through two series, um, one called Download, talking about the media choices that kids use. And the second we talked about was um, how to defend their faith. And in that series, we saw two kids, one who was a, a Mormon get saved. I'm sorry, we had three. One that was a Mormon who, who came to know Christ, and then two who were atheists. And I got two Facebook messages of friends who go, you know, you told me that if I, I just need to keep praying, and, and here's what I need to say, and I just need to be a witness and just be an example, and no matter what they say, just keep, you know, just keep pressing on, pressing on. And, and all of a sudden, I, the same day, it was amazing how God works, the same day, within almost two hours, I get two messages on Facebook. You're not going to believe what happened today. We're at school in second period. Girl just breaks down and goes, I'm sorry I've been fighting you. I'm sorry that, that I've been pushing you about coming to church and why you go to church. I, I just realize I need Christ in my life. She gets saved and comes to church on Whitley Church from Wednesday night. She came here Sunday a couple weeks ago. And so that's what we're all about. We're about seeing kids' lives that are changed um, forever. So our new services are 6.45 to 8 o'clock, and we're starting home groups now, which are basically small groups just like many of you are involved in. And here's what we need. As our kids grow and as the, the groups grow, we're going to need leaders. And um, we have some great leaders, but we don't want to just limit it to four to five groups. We, we know it's going to keep growing. So if you have a passion for youth, if you have a passion for kids, for teaching, and um, if you just want them to come into your home and maybe you want to be a host home or you say, you know what, I, I feel called to student ministry. I, I feel called to, you know, just ministering to teenagers. Then we want you to sign up and let us know. You can come talk to me personally because we would love to do that. And we've got some big things planned. We've got a, a True Love Waits conference coming in February. We've got an outreach event every quarter planned for our student ministry in 412. And so um, we're just really, really excited. And I'm just going to kind of leave you with this. And this is one of the things that we shared um, with our kids a, a couple of weeks ago. You know, we were they were talking about you know we want to know how to how to witness to our to our friends. We want to know how that we can give us the words to say and and all the you know so many people try to make it about magic and um, these the, the exact things to say. And I said you know let me just share two two scriptures with you this morning. Um, the first one's from John nine twenty five, and it's the story of where um, the Pharisees are investigating the healing of the blind man, and Jesus is standing there and and he heals him on the Sabbath, and and they're just they're like, you know, you can't do that. The law says this, you, you healed on the Sabbath. And they're talking with the guy, and they said, so tell us about this guy. Who is he? And they're asking him all these questions. And I just love the way this guy says this in, in John 9.25. He replied, he said, you know, whether, whether he is a sinner or not, I do not know. He says, one thing I do know, he says that I was once blind, but now I see. And I said, look, it's not about 
having the right words and knowing your scriptures. I said, you look at this guy here. He didn't know all the Ten Commandments. You know, he, he didn't have the, a Bible that he carried around. All he knows is what he, he once was and what Jesus transformed and now he is. And that's all it's about. It's about you telling your story in your life. You know what? This is the way I used to be. But when Jesus got in the mix, man, he messed me up. And here's what, the, where I'm changed. And so, you know, I just didn't encourage you this morning. And, and if you feel led to be a part of student ministry and um, want to help out, we would love to talk with you to minister, you know, um, help you minister to our kids because they're so great and i just love you all i thank you parents for for putting up with me and helping me as i grow i'm new at this and um supporting us and all that we do so just god bless you all and thank you so much thank you pastor um there's just so much i could say about what's going on with our students but i got to click on here um i want to talk about what God's put in my heart. You guys have been seeing this. You already know it's happening, but God has really been pressing me in my prayer time about us serving our community. Now, you're going to hear this in 2011 till it's running out your ears, because here's what we've discovered. When we get out of this building and we start giving away what God has been pouring into us in this building. He just pours more into us. And so you're going to hear it, and you're going to say, I wish he'd shut up about that. I'm not going to volunteer. I'm not going to serve. And you're going to keep saying that because I'm going to keep saying you need to serve. And we've got to be about others. Jesus was asked one time, what's the greatest commandment? He said, love God first and love your neighbor as yourself. And uh, guys, we have got to not only preach that and say that, we got to demonstrate it. People are tired of explanations about God and Jesus and the Bible. They want a demonstration. They want to say, what does that look like for me to be a Christian? So we're going to get out there. You say, well, we did pretty good last year, Pastor. We did, but we're going to do even better this year. I could have Pastor Jimmy come up and give a, a speech on, um, a talk on what we did last year. But you know a lot of the things we did last year. We're going to be redoubling our efforts in that area. I challenge you. I put it out there. Get involved somewhere in a ministry. And I still have people come to me and go, I just don't know how to get involved. Make a phone call. 735-5411. That's the number that will ring right here. And leave a message for Pastor Jimmy. Leave a message with Catherine. Ask them, where can I serve? Where can I get involved? You know what? It's amazing to me, and I'm going to preach right here a little bit. When people want to get involved, they don't have any trouble finding a place to get involved. People who really kind of don't want to get involved, they got all kind of troubles getting involved. If you want to get involved bad enough, you will. You will. You'll find a way. Uh, you'll go up to my house and beat on my door and go, I've tried every way I can to get involved, and I'm not leaving your house till you tell me how to get involved. And if that happens, I'm going to fire all of y'all down there, all right? <laughs> so um, get involved, get involved, get involved. Others, others, others. Say it with me. Others, 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 others. Make it about others. Make it about the community. Make it about those who do not know Jesus. Jesus is coming. We got to get out there. We got the cure. We've got the cure. If we had a cure for cancer, we would tell it everywhere. We have a better cure than that. We have the cure for sin. 
that will make a man right with God that when he dies, he will go to heaven. That's what we have. And the people said, we got to get out there, guys. We got to tell it. We got to tell it. Here's what we need with connect groups. Pastor Andy could come up here and make a speech about that. We need homes to have them in, and we need leaders. And people say, well, I've been trying to get in a connect group. We understand, but until we got homes and leaders, and look, we'll work with you. you we can have it in different homes. The same group doesn't have to meet in the same home all the time. Um, but people have got to rise up. We cannot put you in connect groups that do not exist. So I've got to have leaders to rise up and lead these groups. And I've got to have you who say, well, I can't lead. I'm not a leader. Have you got a den big enough to get 12 people in? If you've got a house big enough uh, to, to host it, let us know. We have groups that meet weekly. We have groups that meet monthly. And you can get in whatever kind of group you want to get in. Pastor Andy, stand up right there. That's Pastor Andy. In case some of you are new and don't know, he is the man to see if you will open up your home or you will uh, serve to lead. I don't have to recruit you to get in a group. We got people waiting in line to get in groups. Well, you say, why is that so important? Because, guys, you're never going to connect. You, you, you'll come to church because they got good music. You'll come because maybe you like the preacher. You'll come because uh, you like the video or you like the youth ministry. But you won't stay unless you make a friend. And you're not going to make a friend in a congregation this big, and i got to hurry. What is your gift? Every one of you have a gift. One place you can serve is the Bridge Smithfield. This year, uh, uh, Pastor Wes Boyd is going to be kicking that up. And, and we're going to be serving in the Smithfield community because we believe that by serving, again, being Jesus, demonstrating Jesus in the community, that it will cause people to say, that's the kind of church I want to be in. Let me tell you what, people are tired of religion. They're tired of it. They're tired of, of going through religious activities. It's dead. It's lifeless. It leads to nothing. People are looking for churches that walk this thing out Monday through Saturday, not just on Sunday and Wednesday night. And so let's be that kind of church. Betty uh, Grantham is right here. Betty, will you stand up and just wave at everybody? Let's give it up for Betty. That's... Uh, Betty is Jared's uh, mother. I know you thought she was his sister. And um, talk to Betty if you want to get involved with music or you want to get involved with creative arts. Maybe you've done some drama. You, you've uh, helped build sets for drama. We want to do that here. Barbara Nelson is, has been a great blessing to us in that. Pastor Jimmy's very gifted in that area. And so... We want, to have, we want to have creative arts. We want, to, we want you to come on a Sunday and not really know what's going to happen. Uh, how about our mime team? How about our dance team? Isn't, aren't they awesome? And, and the, the, the beautiful things we do here, here's what's happening now. We're getting doors open to take it out there. I mean, our mime team danced in the parking lot of Chick-fil-A. I mean, how can you beat that fried chicken and the mime team? That is awesome. <laughs> That's a little piece of heaven right there. And, uh, and, they, and they danced uh, at the park, at Herman Park, and they mimed at Herman Park, and, and, and you saw them miming at the soup kitchen. God's getting us out of here on the streets where people are lost and need Jesus Christ. I gotta hurry. Um, my time is uh, going away here. Um, 
So we got to be Jesus. Um, guys, I want you, I, I skipped over something a while ago, and I think it's really important to show it. I'm going to ask our media team, if they will, to put the drawing up that shows our whole campus with the new sanctuary. Wow. Boy, they're listening, aren't they? I want you to see this. Right there's the present building, right there. And here is Whitley Church Road, right here. And 70, of course. Where's 70? 70 is up here. It's up there somewhere. Anyway, there's the new sanctuary. So it's right smack dab in the middle of our 9.5, almost 10 acres. And uh, right there's the carpenter's house. Pastor Jared was just talking about student ministry. So you drive in right there, and right back there is where our teenagers meet on Wednesday night. Right here is... Uh, the Royal Ranger facility. So if you have a, a young boy uh, who, who wants to be a part of a scouting ministry that also is uh, allowed to preach Jesus, then that's right there, okay? And uh, then our girls, Impact Girls Cup. Any, anybody in Impact Girls here this morning? Give me a hoot hoot, a leader. A... Oh, God bless you. Thank you. I think every, the, is, is uh, Impact Girls Cup still asleep? All right. So there's where the girls meet, and um, there's, we'll add some new parking here. You can tell that's right in the middle of our parking lot. So we're going to add some parking here on the grassy knoll, and we're going to add some parking here. And, uh, and then people who really love Jesus will be willing to park on the grass here. <laughs> Y'all so spiritual this morning. And uh, people who love Jesus will be willing to park right there on that grass, and the people said... Amen. All right. So just wanted to show you that. Um, let, me, let me hurry uh, here. Um, guys, we just believe that if God is going to bless us, uh, Pastor Jeremy said something, if we're not willing to do something uncomfortable, then we'll never experience the uh, supernatural. Did you hear me? If we don't risk something, we have to take risks. Building that building is a risk. You have to trust God. But we're going to do something about a month from now that's a big risk. And we want to get you ready for it. We're going to talk about the dirty little secret. The dirty little secret in the pew. Sure is quiet. For a week, we're going to have activities that surround the topic of pornography. And we're going to preach on it and teach on it. And we're going to do it in a very classy way. And we're going to do it in a way that will be suitable for middle schoolers right on up. There is a reason we need to do this. And I want to, um, I want to just give you very quickly uh, some of the reasons why we're going to be talking about pornography. 40 million Americans visit porn sites daily. 40 million. 47% of Christians said porn. Christians said porn is a problem in their home. Porn revenue is larger than the combined revenues of Major League Baseball, NFL, and the NBA. Listen to this. Porn accounts for $57 billion a year worldwide. The largest consumer of internet pornography is ages 12 to 17. Almost a third of visitors to pornography websites are women. Now, folks, we're dealing with it right here at Whitley Church. 
People sit in my office and sit with other leaders of our church and weep and cry. Marriages are being destroyed. Homes are being destroyed. It's not just the dirty little secret. It's the dirty little secret in the church. We're going to expose this sin. We're going to expose this trick of the enemy. I'm going to show you a video clip. Don't leave. You say, what's in this video clip? <laughs> uh, it's... Uh, <laughs> This will probably be one everybody will stay for. Uh, this, is, uh, this is a Dallas Cowboys quarterback who's given a testimony. Dallas Cowboys. A <laughs> couple of guys. We're going to do this on the weekend surrounding the Super Bowl. And, um, well, let me just run this clip. See the elephant down at the bottom? That's the logo for this ministry. We are... Uh, we are partnering with Triple X Church. Aren't y'all proud of us? We are, uh, this is an organization that helps men come out of that bondage. And, uh, and guys, it is a bondage. And um, we want to be a church that addresses these things and helps people instead of pretending it isn't there. Now, you, you might be sitting out there this morning. You go, man, pastor, you got me squirming this morning. Good. We need to squirm. We don't need to get comfortable. Pastor Jeremy said it in his video. If you're, if you're always doing what's comfortable, you don't need the supernatural power of God. Why would you sit around and pray, God, empower me, anoint me, use me? Of course, I'm never going to do anything risky, and I'm never going to do anything uncomfortable, but pour your spirit out upon me. He isn't going to do it. He's going to pour his spirit out on us when we're willing to step out there and, and be that cutting-edge church that is reaching out to needs of men, women, boys, and girls. That's when the Holy Spirit is going to be poured out on us. So we're going to be talking about this. The Art of Marriage is coming up. We've already talked about that. You need to get in that. That's going to be a good follow-up. It's the weekend right after. There are segments in that conference that are going to talk about pornography. We're going to set up groups for men to get involved in. We're going to keep it private. We're going to keep it very discreet. But if a man wants help in this church, we're going to be able to hook him up and get him some help, save some marriages, save some children. Can I get an amen out there? I know this is uncomfortable, and you're right now thinking, how am I going to explain this to my family? How am I going to explain this to my friends? And let me tell you where a whole lot of the criticism is going to come from when we put that billboard up. Because we're putting up a billboard, and the biggest word on that billboard is going to be porn. Because if you put porn real big on a billboard, people will look at it. And we're going to have a website they can go to that explains everything we're doing and why we're doing it. But there are some people that are going to look at that billboard. They're going to see the word porn. They're going to see the word Whitley Church and the bridge. And they're going to rip us up. Can you handle it? Can you take the heat? Can you stand up for Jesus and say, this is why we're doing this? I believe you can. I believe you can. Now, in order to get ready for this, and a lot of other things God's going to do in 2011, we're, do, we're going into 21 days of prayer and fasting. It's called Awakening 21. Now, let me tell you something about this porn week. We're one of about three churches in North Carolina that's got the courage to step up and offer this to our community. Are you proud of this church this morning? I am proud of this church. Now, I'm not putting anybody down. I'm not putting anybody down, but I'm going to tell you something, man. 
playing church and playing religion, people are tired of it. We got to address this stuff. We got to deal with this stuff. Told you I was going to preach. Now, you need to pick up one of these on the way out. We've probably got enough for every household to have one. Starting next Sunday, a week from today, we're going to start praying and fasting. We're not going to eat anything at all for 21 days. I'm just kidding. I know some of y'all say, I can handle the porn thing, but I got to eat, brother. I, I dig it. I dig it. So pick up one of these that's going to show you how to fast. It doesn't even have to be food. It can be Facebook. It could be. It can be. Television, <laughs> whatever you love, whatever takes up a lot of your time that doesn't add to your spiritual walk, put that aside. Maybe it's not a sin, you just put it aside. You use that time to grow in Jesus and pray. And food is involved and, and you can do it uh, that way. But this instructional sheet will help you and give you a lot of information. Some of you are, are new to a church that even talks about fasting. You say, I've been in church all my life. I've never heard the pastor talk about fasting. I've never heard any teaching on fasting. Well, we, we believe in that here at Whitley Church. Some things we believe only come when you pray and fast. And so when you fast, it shows a seriousness. It shows a soberness. Now, we love to have fun here. We've laughed this morning and had a good time, but we know when it's time to fight the battle, don't we? We know when it's time to get down to business. Now, some of you have been to trying to decide if this is going to be where you're going to go to church. Well, I'm laying it out there this morning who we are. We're going to be a church that doesn't hold the fort till Jesus comes. We used to sing that song when I was a little boy. Hold the fort till Jesus comes. We're getting out of the fort, and we're marching on his territory. And we're going to take back what he's stolen from us. And if we'll be willing to do that, he'll pour his spirit out on us and empower us and use us to get that done. Let me give you a verse of scripture. Joshua told the people, consecrate yourselves. That's what this fasting is about. Consecrate yourselves for tomorrow, 2011, the Lord will do amazing things among you. Look at that verse. Claim that verse. Reach out this morning and get a hold of that verse. Consecrate yourselves. You know what God's calling some of you to do? He's calling some of you who are faithful to the church and you're coming and you're even serving, but you're not praying and you're not studying your Bible and you've been kind of faking it, and, and, and you faked out the pastor, and you faked out your house, and you faked out people around you, and you know you're not where you ought to be with God. You're a Christian, but you know you're not as close to God as you ought to be. God's calling you out of that comfort. God's calling you out of that. And God is saying to you, look at that verse up there, consecrate yourselves. That means to come apart from things that distract you from God. And focus on God in this new year. Consecrate yourselves. Why? Why, Lord? Why should I consecrate myself? For tomorrow, the Lord will do amazing things among you. I believe that for this year. I believe it for this year. But if we just hear this this morning, we just kind of get excited, and we go back into that same old routine, then, then we're not going to see God do what he wants to do through Whitley Church this year. Thank you for hearing our heart today. 
Thank you for hearing our plea. And uh, we love you. And there's so much more I could say. Some of you are gifted in music. And, and, and I was going to say something about that. We need to develop a couple more bands here at the church. And some of you guys know how to play the guitar. And some of you can play other instruments. Some of you can sing. We need to get the choir bigger. We need, we, come on, guys. Jesus is coming. Whatever you're going to do for him, let's get busy doing it. Well, you, we can always sit back and think, well, you know, I got hurt at a church. Get in line. Get in line. We've all been hurt at church. Satan will use that to keep you disengaged from doing God's will in your life. Get involved and, and, and become a part of the team that's reaching out to a lost, dark, dying world. You may be sitting there this morning, you say, I'm a little bit uncomfortable with all this. Good. Good, I hope you are. It's time for the church to get uncomfortable because when we start doing the uncomfortable, he will start sending the supernatural. Father, we thank you for this night, for this day. Church, would you just stand with me? Father, we thank you for this day of vision casting. We thank you for this new year. Father, let our words indict us today. If we fail, if all we've done is come give this speech today and and get everybody excited, and then we just kind of go back into our old way of doing things. God, convict us. Don't let us get away with it. Stir our hearts. God, we're ready to go. We're ready to serve. We're ready to get off this property and into our community and shine the light in the dark. And we need you to make that happen. We cannot do it without you. We cannot do it without your hand on us. We're totally, thoroughly dependent on you Almighty, risen Lord. And the people said, Amen. Amen. God bless you. Thanks for coming today.